Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. I'm your host, Doug Coleman, and I'm here today with the other co-host, Brendan McCullough. And I don't know what to say anymore. How are you doing, bro? <laughs> it's been 407 yeah, episodes. Like I feel We're like in, we, get yeah. a, we get a pass every now and then of a week opening. That's what I mean. I don't ever come prepared. Uh, but how are you? <laughs> eh, could be better, could be worse. Gotta get ready to move, so that's gonna be fun. Ooh, but. where are you moving? I mean, just another apartment somewhere in the city, so... No, I meant specifically your address. We oh, okay. Docks, uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I gotta but move no. in, like, two months, so, like, I don't even know yet. It's, you know, the downside of moving is, like, you you can't prepare too much for it, because by the time you find a place, someone has already snatched it up, so it's, like, you kind of have to just do it within two weeks. Like, yeah. All of it, so, we'll see. Yeah, I can imagine that being a little bit stressful. Hopefully it goes well for you. Yeah, fingers crossed. I don't have a ton of stuff, which is a benefit of... And a big reason why I mostly play games just on my PC now and, and Switch, but that's easy enough. Because now I don't have to worry about, like, bringing a whole console with me and an entertainment system and a TV and all. It's like, I gotta bring my computer with me anyway when I move, so that's all my games. Nice. Yeah, that that's good. I also have, just have, like, seven hard drives, which are mostly empty. I don't know why I keep have, buying these things. Yeah, no, and I feel like I need to buy another one now for my PlayStation 5. Uh, man, I just have a boatload of hard drives myself. I guess that's a millennial problem. I, I guess I was worried about, like, storage space because I filled up, like, one computer, but I, it was, like, 250 gigs, so it wasn't even that big. So, like, I filled that up, and I was like, oh, I got to prepare. Who knows? Maybe I'll start mining cryptocurrency back in 2014, and I got, like, a bunch of hard drives. I was like, why do I keep yeah. buying these things? Like, I don't need this. Like, if only you did mine all that cryptocurrency. <laughs> I mean, Mark Mark tried to like get me and my roommates into it back in college. It's like in hindsight, we're like, fuck, we should have listened to him. We should have just like yep. burnt like burnt out our computers for like a week and then just hell of a, like because that was back when you could actually mine actual Bitcoin and it was like still feasible. And now it's just destroying the planet. So Yeah, not great. Yeah, it happens. Curious if you're going to be able to find time to play games during this move. It's all good if you can. <laughs> probably, probably, because like I said, it's like, I, I'm scouting out apartments and shit, but, you know, I have two months until I have to move. So, who knows, next month all of those apartments might already be taken. So, like, I, I can't do too much. And like I said, stuff-wise, I pretty much just got clothes. And, like, I don't really have a ton of furniture, because I moved across the country. So, like... It's not a ton to pack up. It'll probably be with an easy like weekend. I just the panic and worry is finding a place and being able to afford it. So we'll see. But you know, games totally. games help me relax. So I'll probably end up playing them anyway. The downside is it'll probably be the same games I'm already familiar with. Well, that's fair. Well, and that's the thing. There, it's actually been a relatively surprising time in the video game industry. We have some new games coming out. Very or already came out. We have Pokemon Snap out in the universe. We oh, have yeah. Resident Evil Village. I see yep. people playing on Twitch and stuff. So yeah, already <laughs> two uh, games filled with things people want to fuck that should not be fuckable. Oh wait, no, yeah, I didn't know that. Well, yeah. I didn't know that about the Lady Dimitrescu. How do you say her name? I don't know. Not gonna try. Not even gonna yeah. bother. But, uh, yeah, the big, big lady. tall lady. Exactly. Um, I did watch a friend play through some of that, and I know a lot of people were dip, uh, jumping in the Twitch channel and then being like, actually, I gotta leave. I don't want this spoiled. And yeah, for me, I'm are. not, like, really too concerned with it. I do intend on playing the game eventually, but as far as spoilers are concerned, I'm like, eh. So I watched a lot of it, and yet, yeah, game gets really fucking crazy. And I'm, oh, I'm yeah. very excited for uh, Resident Evil fans to finally get their hands on it and play. I will not spoil a damn thing. It's really good, though. Yeah, I I've... 
I, I'm not a huge like Resident Evil fan. I'm not a big horror fan in general. But um, I have been very impressed by the recent like, I guess you could call it like, like regen, because like it. There's been new Resident Evil games that's been seven and eight. Was six new? No, six was. I think six was a lot cut off. But then they've remade uh, two and three and are remaking four using the same like engine sort of thing. Um, with seven, it was the like swamp. And, like, the Hillbilly family, and that was, like, really terrifying, and it was in VR. And then they remade 2 with Mr. X, and then they remade 3 with Nemesis, and uh, remaking 4, God knows what will be in that. But then in 8, they got Lady Demestru, or whatever her name is. Big hat, big lady. Yep, big Um, lady. So they're clearly using, like, the same engines and a lot of same mechanics and stuff. So I'm curious, so far they've been upping themselves, like, every time and kind of improving it. People loved the remake of two, a little like so so on three, and four is considered the best. Four is the only one I've ever played. But seven and eight have both been wildly like acclaimed and well reviewed games and people seem to love them. So it's it's kinda crazy to see like a Resident Evil Renaissance of like it getting a revival and doing great. Especially after five and six were like, eh, it's not really that great. Five's kinda racist. So it's like, eh. Yeah. And then, yeah, they kinda just rebooted with this whole new engine and stuff and Already, I've seen an article saying they replaced because with all these games, they've also been modded really quickly, turning you know, Mr. X like taking him from a nine foot tall monster that attacks you to a one foot tall monster that still attacks you, but it's just very tiny now, and like turning him into different stuff. And true fashion of the internet, there's already a mod out for Resident Evil 8, and uh, the big lady is now Thomas the Tank Engine. Oh, so, no, shit. it is. <laughs> It is just a meme of the modding community. I think it started with Skyrim, or at least that's where it got very popular, of just turning monster, turning the enemy into Thomas the Tank Engine, and it continues. But it's not It's not like her whole body. It's not like a full tank engine's like coming through a house attacking you. It's just her face, which is arguably worse, because it's just like the Thomas the Tank Engine face on her body. It's, ooh. Yeah, that's pretty bizarre. Whoever did it, kudos to you. Very well done. It's just super unsettling in like a haunted toy sort of way. Definitely. Uh, that's good that the internet's being the internet. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's thing you can rely on these days. Did you get to see any of the Pokemon Snap gameplay, though? It really reminded me how I'm uninterested in this <laughs> franchise. I don't know. I've seen a few people streaming it, and it seems pretty divisive, but I don't think any more than a modern day Pokemon Snap would be anyway. Right. Because it's a lot of people being like, oh man, I fucking love Pokemon Snap. I'm getting into this. Like, oh boy, I love this. It's the same stuff I loved as a kid. And a lot of the people who didn't play it as a kid or who played as a kid and the nostalgia has worn off and they're just like, man, this is boring as shit. Yeah, a <laughs> bit. Like, yeah. yeah. that's It's a photography game on rails and you're incentivized to replay the same stages a minimum of four times. Most likely like ten times. So Damn. it's a lot. Have you seen uh, much of the gameplay or like how the rating system works? That's just always- a little bit on Twitch and like mainly just memes on the internet. One of the memes yeah. was like, "Oh, I take a picture of like a, like a really like captivating image of like a sunset with like a Pikachu or something," and they're like, "Isn't this great?" And Professor Oak's like, "Eh, it's okay." And then like they're like, "Here's a picture of like I don't know Raichu's asshole," and he's like, "This is a five star." So like <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, there's definitely uh, goofy memes going around right now about it. It's 
Yeah, the new guy is like Professor Mirror, and it's like he. Oh, that's right. Yes, he, honestly, he just kind of looks like uh, the the professor from Pokemon Go, but he dyed his hair. Like, yeah. it's nothing remarkable. Um, and yeah, you go through. There's the rating system, like the old ones, where it's like the size, the pose, the number of the Pokemon in the image, like the environment or something. And there's different like criteria for actually giving it a score, like a hundred points here, a thousand points here, five hundred here, etc. Yeah. But then there's also a star system. So there's That's one, right. one to four stars, and then each of the stars can be bronze, silver, gold, or uh, diamond. So there's a rating even within the star rating. And those are determined based on their poses. So, like, you can get a really shitty picture of a Caterpie, but if it's in a really good pose, it's a, like, four-star four diamond. Even right. though it's like blurry and out of focus and like something's blocking it and like all this other stuff. But if it's in like that specific pose and that's confusing a ton of people be like, why is this four stars? This is a horrible picture. And then, like you said, they get the good picture. And it's like, why is this one bronze yes. star? Like this is great. And like that's really messing with people. And the star systems is what if you want to be a completionist and get 100%, that's what's going to require you to do it multiple times. Because you can only submit one picture uh, per Pokemon. Anytime you go through, so say you got, and it tells you when you take your pictures, like, ah, you got one one star of a Pikachu, you got three two stars of this Pikachu, you got one three star of this Pikachu, you got two, you know, four stars of this Pikachu. So it tells you, like, here are all the, here's an easy way to sort through, like, which ones are going to be which star. Okay. But, But you can only submit one of those. Not one per star, one per Pokemon. Total. Yeah, so you want to make sure you have a four before you submit, right? It, like, that's going to be the hardest one. So if you have that, you usually submit that one first. Right. Um, but that also is going to require you to go through that course a minimum of four times to get one of each star. Ah. Uh. And then, ideally, you get diamond on each of those stars. So, you know, going through you have, going through the first time, you don't know what's happening. So you got to, like, learn the location of them. You got to figure out what time's it right. Uh, sometimes it's different times of the day. Sometimes it, they interact with different Pokemon. Uh, you get different items. You get a fluff fruit, quote unquote. It's an apple, but they call it a fluff fruit because it's soft. So that way, when you throw them at Pokemon's heads, you don't give them a concussion. So they're okay. just like, ah, it's it's distinct from an apple because you won't beam Pokemon in the skull and give them brain damage. But instead, we can throw Pokeballs at them and confine them to like, like yeah. a freaking two-inch hey, space. We, we don't know what's in that Pokeball. <laughs> we can legally do whatever with like, yeah. you know. we don't. It's not animal abuse because we're not saying what happens inside that Pokeball. Um, but yeah, so there's different items you can get that make Pokemon interact differently. Much like the first one, there's different events you can trigger of like, ah, if I get this Pokemon and lead it over here with apples or fl- Fluffroot, sorry. Uh, it'll trigger this, or like, ah, this Pokemon interacts with this Pokemon at a certain time. And so you got to figure all of this shit out. So you're, like I said, you're doing each course, if you're doing a completionist, a minimum of four times, but you're likely doing each course ten times each. And there's like, there's a few courses, but there's not like a ton. And yeah, it's going to be the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah, you better love Pokemon Snap. (laughs) Yep, yep. I think I think people miss when Pokemon Snap was out and everyone knew all of the secrets to it. That way you could go through and be like, uh, I get the mountain range here that looks like Dotrio. I hit Mankey with a stink ball and it falls over and hits the switch. I unlock the new area. And you can do all those secrets and knock them all out in one run. Right. And it's like, yo, I nailed this. I got great pictures and I got all the secrets. And they forget the hassle of what it was back in the day when 
we didn't really have the internet to use too much, or at least not a ton of people had the internet to use it. So exactly. when you're playing Pokemon Snap, you're like, I don't know what the hell I'm supposed to be doing here, but there's a Medpod somewhere in this goddamn forest, and I'm pulling my hair out trying to find it. And they're like, ah, you have to throw a stink ball up in the like, canopy of the trees, and they all fall down. It's like, how would I have ever thought of that? Like, you know, you heard it through rumors and back alley deals of, like, the secrets of Pokemon Snap. Totally. In the nostalgia, we all remember knowing all of the secrets. And like, oh, this is great. You play it, like, three or four times and you beat the game. It's like, no, the grind in that game is very real. Yeah, so that's one I think I'm going to pass on, surprisingly. I remember earlier in the podcast when it was brought up and, and announced, I was like, oh, I'll probably be playing that. Don't think I will be, but it's fine. Uh, I I love Pokemon, though. It, it From what I've heard of people, it's a great, like, wind-down and relax game. If you're not trying to do completionist and, like, get everything, yeah, you get a few pictures, you try not to pay attention to the professor's bullshit rating scheme, and you just have fun pictures of, like, cute little Pokemon hanging out together, and it's great. But, like, the people who are trying to take it seriously or you know, who are comparing it to the old one, it the old one was a lot of nostalgia because it wasn't, the old one wasn't great either. So Yeah, agreed. That's fair. Uh, let's see here. Let's think. Uh, as far as the games we've been playing, I have a little bit of a, well, actually a pretty big update for Fall Ooh. Guys. And I know you're kind of going to be Ooh. like, how? Actually, how? Ooh. So, here's the thing. I remember the last trophy i needed to platinum trophy fall guys is this one called infallible and it requires you winning five shows in a row and already that sounds like an impossible feat with fall guys and if i'm not mistaken if you pull up that trophy specifically it says point zero point one percent of players have accomplished this and i was like yep never gonna do that uh i can barely even get three in a row well, I was, I think I've even mentioned this streamer on the past on, on the podcast. His name's Anthemum89. I highly recommend you guys check out this guy. He's a gold wolf. He's got thousands of crowns, incredibly talented. I've uh, befriended him over the past like month or so, hanging out in his streams, and he does play with viewers. So I had been known to play with him on a couple occasions. And just the other night, I was like, oh, he's streaming for a few hours. I got nothing to do. Let's see if he's going to play with viewers. And after he did a, a couple solo grind episodes, he was like, yeah, let's get some squads going. I'm like, all right, I'm sign me up. Let's see how it goes. And mm-hmm. I remember even in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, how cool would it be to get uh, infallible? But I'm thinking to myself, don't get ahead of yourself, Doug. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> even even with someone as good as this to carry you, it's a very challenging thing to do. Yeah. So what ended up happening was uh, first squad game, we won. I'm like, all right, off to a great start. Second squad game, we lost. So I'm like, okay, well, fuck. It's not as easy as I thought. And the then. I think we lost one more until then we were like, we all kind of were like, come on guys, let's get our shit together and we're going to do this. And we did a long story short, it happened, but it was actually really fucking sweaty and nerve wracking. Uh, this <laughs> other guy that was on our team is another like incredible player. Like Anthemum himself was saying, like when I need someone to carry me, this is the guy I call. He had on a special outfit, like that was like a crash test dummy outfit for Fall Guys. And I had never seen that before. And apparently that is exclusively was given out to the beta testers of the game. So I'm like, wow, this guy has been playing it since the very, very beginning. Um, so me, Anthemum, that guy, and somebody else, we just kind of went at it for five shows. I remember when we won our fourth show, I'm like, this can't be happening. I'm like, it, it was so, there's been many close calls too. Cause with squads, like you really need all of your teammates to like pull their weight to like kind of make it to the next, uh, map. Yeah. And there, I swear it was on the fifth show. We're trying to do this. Uh, the round was jump club. And I got eliminated almost immediately. And I was thinking to myself, <laughs> no, you I just it. fucked completely by all my chances. 
And the way that one works, though, is if your teammates remain in play, it just gives points for as long as they're hanging out. But th- that map is specifically in squads is like they increase the speed on like the spinner. So it's like very challenging. And what ended up happening was like, yeah, I, I have Anthemum in my team. He's a golden wolf, which is like says a lot. He was like, I, it's okay, silence. I can do this. And he's like, he's like, we just got to stay in this guy's like, we can't lose another bean or it's over. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I put so much pressure on them. <laughs> like then Anthemum goes, he got eliminated. I'm like, no, I'm like, we are so fucked. And then what ended up happening was it was the freaking crash test dummy. His name's Leon. That guy just fucking held it so strong was the last bean standing in that mode and brought us from fifth place to second place. Just him. And I was like, and it kept Jeez. us alive. And then there was a couple of the other like uh, rounds before the final where it basically was we were in last place just squeaking by and then we won and it was just like the most glorious thing ever. I was just like, I honestly never thought I would see the day where I would get this trophy. I 100% attribute it to you guys carrying me through this. But that was the <laughs> nicest thing about it was Anthemum even said to me, he's like, dude, I know you're not like uh, playing this as much as we do, but like you are a very good player. And uh, he's like, we wouldn't have been able to do that had you not played as good as you did. And I was like, dude, that means a lot coming from the king. So I was like, dude, that's so exciting. So yeah, got my platinum trophy for fall, guys. I feel like I don't even need to play anymore now. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But I just love the goddamn game. I know it's so good. I'll probably be streaming it tonight. I'm addicted. <laughs> but yes, yeah. big update there. Finally got that platinum. I never thought I'd see the day. Now you can die happy. Yeah, it was all because I got carried. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, they made the system. Yeah, that's the, the truth. And that's honestly my friends that have gotten infallible have said to me, they're like, dude, all you really need to do is get with some talented players and uh, do grind some squads and you'll have infallible in no time. I'm like, yeah. And that's exactly how it went down. So they're not wrong. But yeah, it's still, even like I said, squads infallible, not really easy either. There could be just uh, some really bad RNG. Everyone knows how Fall Guys goes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, so that was very exciting. I mean, hey, you got the Platinum, that you're the Platinum you know, hunter. So that's definitely a game that since you have so much time into. Yeah. And when I'm one trophy away, it's just like for my OCD, it's so frustrating. It's like, what do I need to do just to get that one taken care of? And here we go. That one's checked off the list. And then this one isn't really video game related, but it was still very exciting. The same night I uh, dived into one of my booster boxes for Harry Potter trading card game. I have three of them. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to treat myself. Just open some booster packs. Crack open this nice vintage why no trading cards i probably should be freaking uh streaming it when i do that because it's like content there but like that's what last night i'm like oh before i go to bed i'll open one pack and it was like a badass pack there there was a holographic dragon inside i was like oh my god i and i mistaked it earlier i was looking it up i'm like i think this is like an 80 dollar pool but it's like more or less like a 20 dollar card regardless i'm very happy with it i don't i never owned a holographic version of that dragon so it's just cool i'm excited uh for the my Harry Potter trading card game podcast, we're going to be doing some unboxing events. So that's something to look forward to. But yeah, I, it's just even opening the packs and stuff and like getting infallible, then getting a holographic dragon. I was on cloud nine. <laughs> take, take the wins you can. Yeah, exactly. 2021. It's, <laughs> we've just went through enough. Yep. Uh, we're just, uh, feeding off nostalgia and crowns, but no, how about you, Brent? <laughs> uh, I, I, I can't give you too much shit because, yeah, it's a lot of Binding Isaac for me. Um, <laughs> been busy with other shit. I'm I'm trying to run a D&D game. I'm trying to run the uh, Waterdeep Dragon Heist game. So, or anyone who's ever played D&D, be very appreciative 
that someone was willing to run it as the DM. Because yeah. good Christ, does it take a long time to set up and organize everything. Yeah, that's a lot of work. Even just this one where people are like, oh yeah, this is levels like one to five. It's pretty simple and like it's good for like early DM, like first time DMs. And it's not the first time I've DM, but I've had done it a ton. And it just, for anyone who doesn't know, Waterdeep is in the Forgotten Realms, in the world of D&D that it's, you know, canonically set in. Waterdeep is, like, the biggest city, so there's just so much fucking shit. I have, like, a hundred NPC tokens I gotta lay out on maps and figure out if they're even gonna encounter them. So it's just like, ugh, it's a lot of work. Yeah. So, that's mostly been a lot of my time, it's just reading this uh, module and figuring out and setting it up. Um, but I am looking forward to it, and it's supposed to be very fun and it's very versatile. Um, Basically, it is Dragon Heist. You're, finding, you're trying to get a lot of money. And there's like four crime families that are also trying to get it. So depending on what season you pick change, determines what the villain of the module is. And it even says and encourages you like, hey, you can swap them around. You can use one villain. You can use this other villain. You can use all of villains at the same time. Like if you want to do all of the content at once. But my big problem with this or my big concern with it is is for levels one to five. And level one players are real squishy. They really, they, like, one fight can just wipe the whole party. Just oh, totally. The, so, like, even if you're fighting against, like, a level appropriate villains or enemies, you could just have some real shitty dice rolls and no one on the party hits. And then the enemies hit all the time and kill the party in, like, two turns just because you're so low level. So, like, I'm scared of accidentally killing my whole party. <laughs> yeah. But we'll see how that goes. Um, otherwise, Actual video game wise, uh, been playing Binding of Isaac a bit more. That's most of my just wind. Like I have no real goal anymore, so that's just like my wind down Zen relaxing game. Hell yeah! Until I fought, uh, played through it again. Did what I did before, like I told you, find the thing, find the photograph in Mom's room, teleport out, and then fight the like new boss, Dogma and the Beast, which I've talked about uh, in earlier episodes. Yeah. Um. Did it with another character. Took surprisingly long this time, so I guess I just got real lucky with my builds on the first times I did it. Um, and then when I did it, there was a new item that's in... Once you ascend through all the levels you went through to get back to the top, you'll ride back in Isaac's house. And in Isaac's house, it's just like his room, the TV room, and then like your mom's room. And in your mom's room, you find a chest with an item in it. Uh, and this is where it unlocks the red key, which is an item that allows you to open up a new room that isn't there. So if you're in, like, a room, and it's a dead end, there's, like, three blank walls in the door you came in on, the red key will open up or will make a new door and make a new room to go into. So a room that wasn't previously there. The thing with this is, if you get the red key and use it in Isaac's house, like, in the final level, um, it's kind of a special area, you'll find that the character that you're playing as like on the ground and when you touch them that unlocks like a secret mode that i wasn't even aware of damn so once i did that i beat that run and i came back out to the beginning of menu. i was like select your character and i noticed at the top it says like press e to swap characters i was like what and when i hit e it showed all of the characters again but they were all locked except for the one i just freed that i was just playing as so it's basically saying like you got to do all of that again, you have to like go up to the house with the red key with every character and then free those characters again. And then there's this like bonus mode where they all have different abilities. So it's like, Damn. 
So it went from like, here's 12 characters you can play as and beat the game like nine different times with each character and then do it all again on hard mode. So like 18 times. And then now they're like, hey, double that. Now it's yeah. 36 times with 12 characters. It's like, fuck. Like, I was like, I'm done. I'm done. Yep, I can't, I'm not much. doing all this again. But I have done it with two of the characters. So I did it with uh, Eden and Isaac. Isaac's the main character. Um, in this new mode, Isaac, from what I could tell, was pretty much the same, but only had, I think, eight items throughout the whole game. So once you hit your eighth item, you have to swap it out for something else. So it limits what how many you can carry. And that sucks. Because <laughs> yeah. you like sometimes you get real shit items. And if you only have a limited supply of them, it's real rough. So I was like, ah, this one's tough. I don't think I'll be playing this one too much. Uh, thankfully for me, I got Eden, which was the first one I unlocked. Uh, Eden's new mode is I love RNG bullshit. That's why I'm still playing Bind of Isaac and Roguelikes for eternity. Eden's special thing with this mode now is you play as Eden where you start off with two items. And every time you get hit, your entire item inventory swaps to something random. Damn. So just every time you take damage, it, there's a few modes where it's like, ah, every floor you go on, it changes your build. This one is any time you take damage at all. That's All insane. of your items swap. And it's crazy. It's like, this is a great build. And it's like, this is a terrible build. And it's nuts. And that I enjoy because I love just the, like, constantly having to adapt. That's why I played Mystery Heroes in Overwatch all the time. Where it's like, I don't know who I'm playing. I gotta be good with everybody. Let's see how it goes. Yeah. So, uh, that mode is fun. But it is tough. Uh, and I'll get to why it's tough in a second. Um, with this new mode, I also unlocked there's challenges, like special builds of like, there's one called Isaac's Awakening, where you have a shield and sword and you don't shoot any tears. And you essentially play it as, uh, in Zelda. Like you play as Link, essentially, like Link's Awakening, but it's with Binding of Isaac. Okay. So like that's a challenge mode where like you only have these items and you have to go through the whole dungeon, the whole run using only these items. And so, you know, it's a fun little challenge. There's a new challenge that I unlocked, which is just blank. Like, these are all, like, numbered, and they have names on it. There's one that's just at the very bottom of the list, and it's just a blank space. It doesn't say anything. And I was like, well, that's weird. Like, it's definitely intentional. This game doesn't, like, bug out like that. So I'm like, well, let's see what this is. And it just starts you off as Isaac, and it seems like a totally normal run. But, like, it's it's basically a glitched run of the game. The stones and doors are all, like, different colors of different floors that you're not on. And they're, like, just bleeding into each other. All of the items are now, like, five items. Like, the icon for it, the image for it, is, like, five icons mashed together. And when you pick it up, the text is all scrambled and just makes no sense. <laughs> so I don't even know what I'm getting. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, so, like, the images are messed up and it's just, like, a mystery draw. No, the, the actual items are as if all five items were, like, smashed together and it's, like... A fifth of these items were like cut. It I, actually no. It, a more appropriate way to put it is, it's just nonsense. Yeah, I a glitch. Know, yeah, it's glitch because it's not like ah, I can see part of the like nail in there, so that means I'll get like the bonus from the nail. No, it it could be anything. I don't understand what's happening. These items could just be absolute random. Uh, so, for example, when I was playing it, I got an item which in the game looks like the scapegoat. It's basically like a crash test dummy sort of thing where it would draw the fire of the enemies to it instead of you. But when I activated it in this run, it turned all of the enemies into bombs. 
And hmm. no no item in the game does that. So I'm like, I, it's just glitched. Like, it's just bugged as hell. And like That's wild. So, like, there's no way of knowing what will do what or how to prepare for what. So it's kind of like the, like, random run where all my abilities are changing every time. Except now I don't even know what these abilities are. So it's even, like, a higher degree of RNG bullshit. Yeah, it just reminds me of, like, the It's Always Sunny episode with Charlie just day being like, wild card, bitches! Like, yeah, I feel like that's like, your whole thing in that now. Because you don't know anything. So I was like, oh, I got one item. This item that, when I walk into a room, so if your items have a cooldown, like, they have, like, they recharge a certain amount of progress every time you enter a room or finish a room. Yeah. And um, some of, like, the really good ones take a long time to charge up to use. Some of the really weaker ones charge up after every single room or charge up automatically, like, over time. The one I got, where it turns all the enemies into bombs, charged up after one room. So it's, like, a really quick charge time. So I would walk into a room, turn all the enemies into bombs, the bombs would then explode, I would clear that room, and then my thing would reset. My item would recharge. So I'd go into the next room and do that again. And I was... It was the best item. Because I would just be clearing through rooms instantly. Turn them into bombs. They explode. It recharges my bomb ability. I go to the next room and I do it again. And like, you know, except for bosses, it wouldn't do that for bosses. But every other room, I was just flying through. I'm like, this ability's great. And then I got a new one where I picked it up and it was my active item. So I had to put down my current active item and pick up this new one. I was like, well, I'm probably going to keep the other one because it's so good. But let me just see what this one does. I activated the new item. It turned everything into the room into a bomb including my previous <laughs> item and it's like god damn it <laughs> just like and this one takes up like five charges now so it doesn't recharge nearly as fast and i was like i got like a worse version of it but i had no way of knowing that until i used it that's so funny like, how would i have like why would i ever have thought that's what this would do so i'm like oh god so like i think i found my rng bullshit ceiling yeah i think I think playing this new mode with Eden, where I get hit every time my items change out, that's probably my peak. This new one, where I just don't even know what my stuff does, and it could just be glitched out as hell, that's too far for me. That's frustrating to play, because I, I, I don't know what I'm doing. There's no way for me to improve, because there's no way of actually knowing what's happening. Fair. Yeah, no, that sounds fucking batshit crazy. The problem with both of these... Is that they'll change your health too? What? So when you're playing, a lot of the items will upgrade your health. So you start off with three hearts typically, and you can get like more hearts as you go, like in Legend of Zelda. Yeah. With the Eden one, every time you get hit, your hearts will also change because your hearts are dependent on your items. So like that makes sense, but it's also kind of tricky. It seems like with that one, it tries to keep the same amount of hearts you have. Um, so if you have like three red hearts and you get hit with an item or by an attack, it'll change to like one red heart and two soul hearts. So it's like, it's, it's still three technically, but they're not the same quality of hearts with the other one. It's just so chaotic and random. I really don't know what's happening. The problem with both of these is with the randomness, your hearts are just decreasing. Like when you get hit. So like the difference between a red heart is if you get hit with, if you have a red heart, you get hit, you can replenish it. You can find health later in the level and replenish it. With soul hearts, if you get hit, that heart is gone. It's like temporary uh, health. So once it's gone, it's gone. And you can replenish it by finding a new one. But like, it's it's not going to replenish on its own. So 
the problem is if you have like soul hearts and you get hit a few times and then you, your items swap, the maximum number of hearts you have also will just keep diminishing. Right. So it's kind of like you're on like a timer of like you got to keep finding like hearts to like you know items to increase your heart count because you're having a rough time. The problem is there's one item new into this DLC, which I really don't understand fully. It's basically like a rage item where like once by uh, once Isaac gets hit, he starts getting mad and it's turning redder and redder. And once he hits the cap of his rage, he's doing more damage, but then he'll also take. Uh, self damage, like you'll hurt himself. Yep. Which in a regular game is annoying, but you can find a red heart around and replenish it, so it's not the worst thing. In these random modes, it is a game breaker. It will end the run, like, almost immediately. So with the truly chaotic one, where it's all glitched out, I don't know, if I get that, I don't know what item I have that's causing that. So there's no way for me to swap it out. And if you pick up the item, you can't swap it out anyway. So I'm like, if I get that rage item that does self-damage to me, it's just going to keep triggering until I eventually die. And with the Eden run, the like chaotic Eden run where it shifts every time you get hit, it's a similar thing of like, if I only have one health left and I get the bad luck of getting that item, I'm just going to end up killing myself and there's nothing I can do about it. Right. So it's like... It's really impressive. It's really cool seeing both of these modes. The Eden one is actually playable, and I've beaten a few runs with it. Um, but it is very difficult. The glitch one is just downright impossible. And it's because of like these one or two items that will do like self-harm to you, but you have no control over when it does the self-harm. And there's no way to stop it, as far as I can tell. Yeah, that's so insane. It's just like, so it's just like, hey, I'm doing good. I'm like the ninth floor. I'm like fighting the boss. I got a great build here. I can like go pretty far with this. Whoops, you got the suicide item. See ya, kid. It's like, <laughs> cool. Okay. And there's even uh, a card in the... One of the secrets is you have to use the card Suicide King in a certain room and it'll unlock a secret later. So there is a card that literally just kills you. That's all it does. It's just a suicide card. God, and why does that exist? Because if you go to a certain area and, like, do a certain thing and use a suicide card in that room, it unlocks more stuff for a later playthrough. So it's just, like, another secret that was earlier in the game. But with the glitch run, who knows where that suicide card is or what that card is involved with. Because all of the items are so glitched out, you can't use any of them accurately. So, like, every time you pick up a, a usable item, it's like, this could be the Suicide King and I could just kill myself right now. Who knows? And it's just like, God, this is this is the like point where it's no longer fun and it's frustrating. That makes sense. So, yeah. It's definitely like glitched out secret run. I don't even know how I unlocked the glitch run or the glitch challenge. But like it's definitely meant to be in there. It's not like a bug. But it's Yeah, like, I love I, intentional glitches. Yeah, but it's like I can't imagine how this is fun for anyone. And I'm sure there's secrets in here. Like, if you beat all of the challenges, you unlock something else, and this counts as one of the challenges. So it's like I'm sure there's a secret that's behind this, but fuck me if I can actually get to it. Just like, <laughs> sure. God. So it is fun. It's still cool seeing like new secrets and stuff. But like, like I said, it just went from like twelve characters with like uh, nine possible endings, and then like nine hard mode versions of those endings to thirty six possible. And it's like, I, all right, I'm done. Like <laughs> it's just like I've done. Yeah, that's an insanity. Yeah, I can't imagine anyone 100%ing Binding of Isaac. It would 
takes so long and requires so much just pure blind luck. So that's a bit frustrating and enough for me to be like, you know what, maybe I'll take a step back. Binding yeah. of Isaac. I've realized I've, I love like the roguelikes, especially Binding of Isaac, because I love playing a game with something else going on on the other monitor. So oh, that's yeah. why I'm having trouble being like a very story-focused game, like Horizon Zero Dawn. Because I'd be like, oh, this is fun. And then once the story starts like losing me a bit, I'll immediately zone out and try and have like a movie playing on my second monitor. And then you, you can't do that with a story-heavy game. So it's like, ah, it's kind of losing me, but I don't, I don't want to pay attention anymore. But also... I need to. I can't have something else playing. So I was like, ah. Uh. So I've I've come to accept that that's kind of why I've been playing a lot of like loop roguelikes, like Loop Hero, Hand of Fate, and Isaac, where I don't need to be paying attention. I can kind of just you know go on autopilot. Yeah, there's nothing worse than going through like a semi story heavy game and then be like just blasting through the dialogue and then towards the end of the game being like, oh wait, I actually care. That was me in Code Vein. I was like, I don't give a shit. I don't give a fuck. I just yeah, want to yeah. kill big monsters and move on. And then by the end, the I'm like, wait, what's happening again? Yeah, yeah. I was like, fuck. So yeah, it's uh, if it is story heavy, you, you got to be in the right headspace for that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I mean, I think we talked about it off the air. Uh, I watched. All of Hunter Hunter in like the last two or three weeks, and uh, that's 140 episodes. I didn't care for it, but I kept <laughs> watching it for some ungodly reason. God damn it! That's so now probably... I have 140 episodes of this anime that I really don't care about stuck God in my head, it. taking up space. I swear, there's probably one listener of our show like that. They're just like, I've listened to 400 episodes. I'm yeah. waiting for it to get good. <laughs> Why am I still here? Yeah. It's like, don't. I can tell you right now, don't. It's all good. Um, it, it's uh, weird because yeah. Hunter Hunter so beloved. Like, so the people who stuck with it love it because they're not insane or have Stockholm syndrome. Like, I apparently didn't stuck with it for no reason. So if I tell anyone, I'm like, oh, what was your favorite part? Did you get real emotional when this happened? I'm like. Nah, man, I kind of hated all the characters. Like, it kind of sucked. I'm kind of disappointed on a large scale. And they're like, oh, then why'd you keep watching it? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, no, that's so, just So, like, uh... I can't justify my actions, but also I'm not happy about, like, anything that happened in, like, the 140 episodes. So I'm like, I, I, I can't be mad at anyone. I did it yeah. to myself. But also I can't talk to anyone about it because I didn't like it. That's a so lose-lose for everyone, Brad. Yeah, yeah, it's just like... <laughs> So anytime someone's like, oh, Hunter Hunter, I'm just like, don't. Just, just don't. don't. Just don't. Just get away from me right now. God damn. Um, that's really funny. But I did right before this uh, podcast because I knew I was going to have much. I'm like, fuck, let me uh, let me buckle down. Let me get in Devil May Cry 5. Let me finally just. Oh, I thought it. you were going to say, let me just keep watching Bleach. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did my time. And it's coming back for some fucking oh, reason. Oh, God. To finish up the worst two arcs of the series. Fuck. Oh, I dude, I, so I triggered mad. Brent. All right, uh, yeah. Devil May Cry 5? Devil May Cry 5. <laughs> uh, I thought about it, I was like, all right, once I came to the realization, I'm like, let me just get into a story mode. I'll just have to be playing a game that, like, sucks me in, and I can't have another, my ADD going off on a second monitor, like, being, my, my attention being divided. Yeah. And I was like, all right, let me play Devil May Cry 5. I, it's been on my back burner for a while. I, I intend to get to it. It's supposed to be really great. Uh, even if you don't know the Devil May Cry series, I don't. This is going to be my first one, but I hear it's great regardless. And I didn't play it. Instead, I fa- <laughs> instead I saw that Digital Devolver is having a sale right now on Steam. So I was like, well, I like a lot of Digital Devolver games. Hell uh, yeah. Enter the Gungeon, Grease, uh, Carney, or God, what was that? Loop Hero, Carnian? Car- Carrion. Car- Carrion, yes. Carrion, that's the one. So I'm like, I like all these games. Let me see what else they got. They're, they're a good publisher, so I trust them 
with any cool games. Yeah. And unfortunately, most of them I have played or have seen and <laughs> don't want to play them. But I was like, ah, okay. Uh, but there was one that caught my attention, which is just just had the name for me how to pronounce it. It's like Olia, but it's spelled O L I J A. Okay. But the J is like the uh, like the ya pronunciation, like Spanish. gotcha. Yep. So it's like Olia, um, and it's a pixel game. It's a pixel side scrolling like adventure game, and I'm talking like pixels like DOS pixels, like DOS games. Like it's very simple. Pixels. Damn. But. Because of like the simple restriction they have themselves in with the design, it allows them to play really well. So there's a lot of good like animation with the pixels, and you could tell like what's supposed to be what they learned, you know, how to improve on it. Like despite the limited, um, not palette, limited uh, design mechanic they uh, put themselves into. The thing that caught my attention is the animation in like cutscenes, or maybe this was just like an animated trailer for it. I don't know, but there was like an animated trailer playing on Steam, and it was gorgeous. The animation looked awesome. So I was like, "Nice." If this is what like the cutscenes look like, the cinematic cutscenes, I'm like, "I'm fucking in." Let me see what this is about. And I downloaded the demo. So there's still demos now, which is great. So I was able to play play like the first area of it, I guess. And I didn't see any of the animation or cutscenes. So I'm just like, "Well, what the fuck?" I <laughs> got bait and yeah. switched. So I I bought it. Because it's only ten bucks right now on sale. Uh, fingers crossed, the animation's actually in the game and not just an animated commercial. And that's all it was. Because the animation looked awesome. So I really hope that is in the game. But from what I could tell, this game is playing the demo. You're like some sort of sea captain who got stranded on an island, and you wake up when you were kidnapped by like the local tribes people, but they're like weird shadow creatures. Okay. And at least in the demo I played, you're just you wake up in like a in a dungeon that they're making with like some other prisoners who are like starved and like haggard and stuff, and they just kind of walk up to you and then just pass out, and then they'll get back up and then walk over to you and then pass out. So I'm like, huh, they don't seem like enemies, but I'm gonna kill them anyway just to see what's happening. Yeah, just to be safe. Dude, I don't know. Maybe they turn into like maybe they turn into the shadow monsters. Like so, I was like, okay, let me just beat them up and see what happens. No, they're just like <laughs> also prisoners who are just like trying to barely survive and you can just kill them throughout the game so i don't i don't know if that's more in the game if there's context for it or if it's just the demo but like i felt really bad but i was like there's got to be a reason for it right right or if it was like uh bioshock where it was like ah if you don't kill them you get a bonus right but yeah if you do kill them you get a penalty. i don't know uh in the demo nothing happened so i don't know what i don't know if there is anything but yeah so you walk around he plays like the sea captain who kind of just got crash landed here. Uh, you got like different mechanics. You got like you jump, you can roll. I like the roll because it's not like a combat roll in like Zelda where you do it to speed up and you're just rolling constantly. He rolls and it kind of flops at the end of the roll and it has to like pick himself back up. So it's like he he's not a big adventurer guy. He's kind of like out of shape sea captain. He's like, Ugh, fuck, all right, uh, let me get back up here. <laughs> so like it adds a lot of personality just in that animation and mechanic yeah i like that uh the unique thing with this is you get a heart a legendary harpoon and when you throw it at enemies or throw it at like boxes if it gets stuck in something you can teleport to it Hmm. so that's kind of the unique mechanic of this is that you'll throw a harpoon at an enemy and then teleport on top of them and then kill them like a finishing blow okay so you also get like a sword 
and like a repeating crossbow later. At least in the demo, you got it. So you get like a few different weapons you can switch between them, but your main weapon is this uh, teleporting spear or harpoon that you throw around. So it's both the weapon and the travel mechanic and the gimmick. Um, and it hits hard. Like when you hit something in this game, it feels heavy. And it's like, ooh, that's satisfying. Yeah, that's awesome. Like it, it kind of gives me like Hotline Miami sort of feels or Dead Shot, which is one of my favorite games. Or Deadbolt, sorry. It's one of my favorite games. I don't know the title of it. Uh, <laughs> Deadbolt and Hotline Miami, both. Uh, Hotline Miami is also Digital Devolver, so similar, uh, same publisher, similar style. Uh, but Deadbolt, yes, yeah, from the guys who did uh, Risk of Rain. And it, they're they're both very pixely, too, pixelized art style. But yeah. like when you hit someone, like the screen shakes a little, and then the body flies against the wall and blood sprays out, and it just feels powerful and you know another really good to play. what that reminds me of and this is a hell of a callback uh black sea odyssey when we had those guys on their game when you would like actually like oh, rip yeah, apart yeah, yeah. the freaking creatures and stuff like that had some very just like it just felt right to it. Yeah, yeah exactly so once i started like fighting stuff i was like "Ooh, this feels good like this feels fun and i was like ah screw it they got the demo they got an interesting concept that it's 10 bucks that's enough for my money so i bought it and my internet's shitty so it just downloaded by the time we finished uh, by the time we started recording, so I haven't played the actual game yet. Oh, good. But in the demo, there is a boss fight where it's like the shadow monster who's flying up and he'll drop down on top of you and summon minions and throw bombs at you. And he was tough! And when I looked up this game, like, reviews and stuff, people were like, this game is fun, it is a really cool story, but it's not frustratingly hard. And I was like, I don't, I, I don't know, that boss was kind of hard. It was pretty challenging. So... There's some sort of mechanic of like a combo where if you land like four hits on an enemy in a row within a certain amount of time, you have like a powered up ability, like a powered up attack. So your next attack does like three times the damage or something. It, there's not a ton explained in the demo. It's a lot of you figure it out, you play around, and you figure out what the mechanics are. And we're not, it, there's like, it's a very minimal text, so not a lot of instructions. Right. So I think that's the way you're supposed to fight the boss. Is like wail away at some of the minions and then when you have to charge up then wail into the boss when he comes down I think but you could also throw your harpoon into him and then teleport on top of him and start wailing on him real quick and get a few shots in um it it felt like uh, Titan Souls like a similar game like that the same publisher as well oh where, totally where like it, it was challenging but the third time I did beat him and it did feel satisfying like ah fuck yeah like I got because the second time I had like he had like one thing of health left and I died um so, like, it was tough because the guy's pretty, your character's pretty squishy, but the combat was satisfying to play. And I think, I think it's one of those games where, which is the unique combat. After maybe like two or three hours, and once I get used to it, I'll be able to combo stuff better and figure it out better. But oh, totally, at least with yeah. the demo, the demo was like, ooh, this is pretty tough. But, you know, it was, it was enough to get my interest. So, even if there isn't those beautiful, like, animation cutscenes, I think I'll still be happy with this game. It still seems interesting enough. And apparently it's not like super long. It's not like 40 hours or something. So uh, I think I'll still be happy with the purchase. But I am, fingers crossed, I hope that animation's in there because it looked really good. Yeah. So we'll fingers see how crossed. it is. Yeah. Very cool. Um, 
Well, and that's the thing. I think we can uh, see what's going on in the news before wrapping this episode up. That's one thing I forgot to mention, actually, when I was talking about the Harry Potter trading card game. There's the first online revival tournament going on right now, and I think about 30 of us signed up. I'm one of them. I lost my first two rounds in zero to two. Uh, it's a best of three. So I was like, God damn it. I <laughs> thought, I really thought I had a decent deck here too. Um, but man, these other players I'm up against are clearly, uh, very experienced. And the first yeah. one was exactly what I was afraid of, uh, being up against. I'm like, okay, I think I can handle everything except maybe a creatures and a transfiguration deck. And that was exactly what I was up against <laughs> in the first round. I was like, oh, fuck, got yeah. destroyed. Um, but then the second round, it was another, it was like a Quidditch, like all Quidditch versus each other. Actually, the other guy was Quidditch Transfiguration and it was pretty close. I still, like I said, lost zero to two, but, um, the second game, I almost had the guy, but it came down to like one card. It was actually insane. So mm-hmm. it's, it's close games. Um, I'm glad to see so many people involved. I honestly thought after each time I got annihilated i thought i was out of the tournament but apparently i have my third round coming up tomorrow so somehow i'm still in it i don't know how but uh we'll see what goes on there but yeah i thought i'd at least shout out the revival tournament going on and uh the cool thing is the prize is for the top eight players they will get uh a a special promo card from one of the revival cards so that's really cool and i would love to get my hands on one but not gonna hold my breath already (laughs) considering how some of these players are i'm like uh i am a noob (laughs) they are I mean, they've been playing the whole time exactly. since they went yeah. out. So, like, yeah, I'm not surprised if they've memorized every single combination of decks and like know how to counter all of them. That's the cool thing about this tournament too is we are see- seeing some of the most unique decks and like interesting combinations of cards that you don't don't typically see. Some people are playing some wild shit. So yeah, I was going pretty classic. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah, you're the newcomer, the the underdog. You gotta yep. get your up and coming story. I'm going to learn a lot from this and hopefully in future tournaments, at least make it further than (laughs) what I've done so far. (laughs) I don't find out. Yeah. But news, anything going on? Uh, Oh, not really news worthy, but I saw the mocap model for Lady Demetrescu for Resident Evil 8. Um, And, you know, the motion caption suits of like the skin tight black suits and they get the ping pong balls all over them to capture that sort of stuff. Yep. Um, and one thing I thought was funny is, <laughs> I don't know why she was just a regular woman. I thought she'd be on like stilts or like boxes or something. It's like, no, they just, they capture her movement and then just scale her up to that. Yep, like, exactly. That yeah. makes sense. I was yeah. like, yeah, I guess that makes sense. But I did love that she had the hat. She had like a motion caption hat. Cause I guess they had to get like the right idea for like the lighting and the shadow and like what the shadows would do with the hat. Cause she's got a big old hat. Oh so yeah. I, I did love seeing that there was like a motion caption like sun hat that she had like from like the Kentucky Derby. That is so, pretty funny. Uh, what else is going on? Oh, Nintendo weirdly had to specify this and put it in their company uh, rules that employees and partners working with the company, like maybe not Nintendo directly, but like working with the studio that works with Nintendo, are forbidden from working with the Yakuza. It's weird they had to state that, but yeah, they wait. did. Wow, I guess that means up until this point, there probably could have been some Yakuza members in Nintendo? It, uh, there's, like, talks <laughs> about back in the day, because, like, Nintendo's, like, from, like, the 1600s, or, like, maybe not, maybe 1800s. Um, Nintendo's a very old company, and they got a lot of their popularity from making, like, playing cards, and then physical cards turned into, like, video card games and then you know into mario and all that empire that it is 
So there is talks so that, like, maybe back in the day, like, way back in the day, they actually did have ties with the Yakuza. Or did, I mean, then again, back in the day when the Yakuza's in their prime, it's kind of hard not to. They would have ruined your business if you didn't. Yeah, this puts so, a whole new spin on the console wars. I'm surprised they didn't. Uh, poor Sega. Well, that's the thing. Sega were the developers of the Yakuza franchise. Oh, Jesus. And honestly... That's kind of the biggest franchise Sega has going for them right now. Because, like, yeah. Sonic, Sonic's, like, iffy. Like, Sonic's always going to have the, like, holding power, like, the name recognition of Sonic. Sure. But game-wise, Sonic Mania is still the best Sonic game that's been out in the last 20 years, by far. Yeah. So, like, actual game-wise, Yakuza's pretty much care keeping Sega alive. And it's on, uh, I think the newest Yakuza is actually on Switch, maybe? Oh, wow. Maybe it was on the Wii. So, like, people were like, Nintendo can't work with Yakuza anymore? Are they, like, taking off their, like, getting off the platform? They're not allowed on the Nintendo console anymore? They're like, no, 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 no. Not the Yakuza, Yakuza, the brand. Yeah. The literal Yakuza. The, like, the mafia that's still out there. Like, you can't work with them. It's like, huh. It's weird you had to specify that. Like, it's weird that had to be written in your company rules somewhere. <laughs> yeah, but that is pretty bizarre. I guess that makes sense. Covering their it, bases. Who knows? Maybe the Yakuza just went more white collar and they're just like, yeah, we own pharmaceuticals and we're the ones that like jack up prices on insulin. Wait, that's America. Uh, yeah, who, <laughs> who knows how Yakuza actually operate in you know 2021? It, I'm sure there's a lot of digital stuff. So like, yeah, F- fuck you. Who knows? Maybe they're just those like patent troll companies that like buy a patent for stuff and sit on them and you know, uh, kind of blackmail people into paying the insane prices. So, yeah, it's just weird. That's just a weird headline I saw float around. I was like, well, gotta mention this. Yeah, no gang members in Nintendo, please. Yeah. Um, uh, I had one that? real brief one. I, I remember yeah. earlier when we, it was a long time ago at this point, God, time's flying. Uh, when we had you song on the podcast, like shortly in weeks after that, I was a big fan of his Twitch channel, still am. Uh, but he was talking about how he was like getting into like VTubers and stuff. I'm like, oh God, what are the kids into these days? What is this VTuber <laughs> stuff? And I finally, as a result, like got into my first one. The reason being is all because of G4. I know we've talked about how G4, the TV uh, network is supposedly coming back to sometime this year we'll see if that happens well I what really do you mean by what you got into what do you mean by you got into Doug? because is, well because i'm like we? i'm not very deep it's not like i'm subscribed to the channel but i am tuning in whenever i see them go live but that's the thing that this what i thought was a person on twitter was tweeting at g4 being like give me a job and i'm like okay what is this it was very strange like interaction and yeah. i went to like investigate apparently it's this I want to say person, but it's like a team of people responsible for a video game uh, character personality called Code Miko, and they're probably like the most popular when it comes to people talking about VTubers and stuff. But uh, Code Miko, if you look up their description, it says, I'm Miko, an NPC game character traveling through different game worlds, current world sims. I think I suffer from what you guys interpret as multiple personality disorder. I'm a bit glitchy, and it's an interactive stream. And boy, that is just like scratching the surface of what this actually is. It is such a strange uh, form of entertainment. I find it very interesting. I definitely can see why people are captivated with it and tuning in by the thousands every time this uh, video game character goes live on Twitch. It's like a talk show almost where they interview people, but also like the chat is interactively controlling just about everything. Like you can change her hair color, uh, the language she's speaking, uh, the size of her head, having her dog appear on her desk and stuff like all this really ridiculous stuff. And like, 
Uh, the dog is more or less like a Boston Electronics-like thing. It's very just strange. I feel like the best like way for you to wrap your head around it is just go and watch one of the streams, and either you're going to instantly be like, this is not for me, or you're going to be so confused and intrigued that you're like, let me just stick around and see what happens. Uh, very entertaining. I definitely understand why they have such a big following and yet lo and behold shortly thereafter on twitter i saw g4 tweet something to the effect of like and welcome on our newest member of the team code miko i'm like this isn't even a real person but it's the (laughs) the tech behind it is super interesting they're using like unreal engine and everything and they have a whole team of people like coding this so it like works out and yeah someone's probably got a mocap suit on like you were describing and like somebody's clearly voicing miko so there's a lot of work involved in this stream and it's just Super interesting, unlike anything I've ever seen before. Yeah, I've seen a few of these um, VTubers popping up, you know, starting with YouTube and, you know, thus thus the name Tuber. Um, There's been a few, one in China that got a lot of popularity because while they're streaming, the green screen behind them fell and turned out it was a dude. So I was like, oh, it's not the cute anime girl you thought it was. (laughs) Who would have guessed this? Oh, that's right. Everyone. Everyone, Catfishing is a thing. Um. But I've seen a lot of these pop up. There's like a whole group of them. Miko is, I've definitely seen her pop up, but it's like, yeah, she's like an Unreal Engine 3D sort of model. I've also seen a ton that are just uh, with like a VR chat sort of model uh, or like those face rig cams, like there's software for face rigs where it's just the person and it's kind of like standing in front of them and it's like 2D and yeah, it's. Miko is definitely the biggest one I've seen with like the biggest budget behind her. Exactly, so, like it you feels said, like, it's like a team tuning into an actual video game character running a Twitch channel. It's that impressive, and like, yeah, some of the crazy shit like that happened. People would like cheer bits, and her head would get so big that it exploded, and then it was like a game over screen, and then it like in chat yeah. gives people the vote option to be like, "Do you want to revive Miko?" and everyone votes no, and it's just like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> it's just all insane. Yeah, I've seen a plenty which are just like they just act like a streamer where they're just like. It's, but instead of like a person on a webcam, it's just a little animated. I've seen uh, that as well. Avatar. That, that seems like, more like entry level VTubing, yeah, versus this, which is like you said, the budget. Well, and yeah, I wouldn't say that's entry level because even those models are like thousands of dollars. Like I can imagine, yeah, you need some kind of a motion capture outfit, yeah. Not no, not necessarily. It's like it can be done face like rigging through like oh, a webcam. Oh, really? Okay, but it's just the software of rigging the model and then also designing the model, like just from an artistic standpoint, is just very expensive. Oh, that makes so sense. So I've seen plenty of people doing commissions of like, I'm an artist and I'll I'll design your VTuber model for you, but then you'll need someone to rig it mechanically yes. with the software and then that's expensive. Yeah, Autodesk, so, like something or other, yeah. I would say Miku's definitely the higher end of it and she's, I, I've tuned in a bit, I couldn't, Take it because there's so much insane bullshit. It's batshit crazy. It literally is just yeah. And I can imagine people like her voice maybe getting on people's nerves. Like it's very there's just a lot going on. Yeah. So yeah, there's plenty of YouTubers who are just like a regular streamer, but instead of a webcam, it's just a little animated avatar instead. And then there's Miku, which is like like you said, like a talk show, and it's fucking insane. But it really is VTubers. I mean, it's. Virtual avatars are just gaining popularity. We knew this was going to happen. That's what I mean. So. If, like, I'm picturing, like, if the main character, Aki, I think her name was, from uh, Final Fantasy, The Spirits Within, had her own Jesus Twitch Christ, channel, I'd uh, probably watch it. What? Why? I don't know. What? Just because. Do you consume anything <laughs> from the last decade of media? Like, God Oh, damn. God, I don't. No, I really haven't. Uh, but that's not what we're God. here to talk about. Let's move on and wrap this one up. What's, what else is going on? Something interesting. Uh... 
weirdly similar to VTuber. Oh, how? Shirley, the Skyrim grandma that people have talked about since Skyrim came out. Uh, she got very popular playing like on YouTube, just playing Skyrim. She's like, I think, 79 years old and just has hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of hours in Skyrim. And uh, so much so that uh, Bethesda, are they playing Skyrim? I forget. Uh, said they were going to put her in Elder Scrolls 6, which will happen someday. In the meantime, people decided to mod Skyrim, as they are wont to do, and put her in with a mod. And uh, they got her blessing. She said she would even voice it if they wanted her to. Uh, but yeah, you can have the Skyrim grandma as like an NPC companion now and like follow you around and help you in battles and stuff. So Hell yeah. That's I just awesome. love, I love that people are just, they keep supporting her and be like, hey, we don't get a lot of old people playing video games. We're going to support them when we can. And it's like, hell yeah, put her in Skyrim. Like, don't wait till the next one whenever that comes out. Exactly. Put her now. Take so, matters into our own hands. If I can get Macho Man Randy Savage dragons flying around, you can put another just random NPC in. Totally. That's not hard. Yeah. Um, and last thing we said is uh, Valve is being sued, which isn't super new. There's probably a lot of lawsuits we just don't hear a lot about. Uh, but this one's being sued over the digital uh, video game storefront space because there are other venues out there. There are other, are other platforms to buy video games digitally, not through Steam. But good luck. They are few and far between, and they are pretty dominated by Steam. Oh, sure. Uh, this lawsuit I've read up is interesting because it was a uh, guy's a developer of video games saying that Steam was threatening the other online digital stores to raise their prices to match Steam's prices. That way people aren't going to their store instead of leaving Steam. Well, then what so, incentive do they have? <laughs> otherwise, they would pull the game entirely from Steam. And even if you have a few sales on, like, Origin or, like, the Epic Store or, like, other platforms like GOG, by far the majority of users are on Steam. Oh, yeah. So, like, say, like, 20% of the people are buying it from GOG, which is cheaper. 80% of them are probably still going to be buying them from Steam. And if Steam doesn't like that and takes the game off their store, that's 80% of your sales gone instantly. So, like, that is a big threat. So, if that's true, that is not only Steam having a massive stranglehold on the entire digital video game store yeah, market. Yeah, damn near Monopoly, yeah. But they're, like, not only monopolizing, but, like, borderline mafia threatening of, like, you have to run your business this way or else we're shutting all of your shit down for the for the developer. The other store doesn't give a shit because the other store, it doesn't impact the store. But for the developer, it would ruin them and their game. Well, yeah, so, if that's how they are running things, hopefully the lawsuit uh, bitch lasts. Hopefully and, goes through. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is the first I've heard of like allegations of that. And if that's true, that is beyond insidious. Yeah. So I... Is it very convenient to have all your games in one place? It's like, ah, we can just go on Steam and find out what's happening today. Yes. Do if I want to support cost, evil? Yeah. No. <laughs> Shut that shit down. So yeah. I'll, I'll be happy sacrificing Steam and Valve if it's because they're doing shit like this. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Spicy. Yeah, I figured that was worth bringing up because fuck that. <laughs> yeah, leave this episode on a cliffhanger. All right, let's wrap <laughs> this one up. Uh, where can our listeners find you on the internet? I do not do much. Twitter is a cesspool. Uh, but if you insist on following me there, it is ABTS Brendan on Twitter. And it's mostly me retweeting my other podcast. And this one, uh, Are We There Yet? We watch three episodes of an anime or a movie. 
give our recap of it with some of our opinions. It's a good sampler pack for anime to see if you want to dip your toes into it and commit to watching 140 episodes of it. Or yeah. if you're a sane person, you go, I don't like this. And you move on with your life. Yeah, that's reasonable. But yeah, Hunter x Hunter, that's what you want to watch. Uh, but no. Oh, boy. <laughs> Uh, listener, if you like our show, give us a like, follow, subscribe. We're findable at all the places at ABT Silence, uh, particularly twitch.tv slash ABT Silence is where I'm streaming a lot of Fall Guys, some Harry Potter trading card game. Uh, probably gonna do some unboxings on that account over there for my Harry Potter trading card game podcast called Renovate. Check it out. Got some really cool episodes and, uh, exciting stuff coming down the pipes for that. But uh, other than that, uh, let's see. I want to shout out the record label I have. It's MissedOutRecords.com. If you want to buy anything on that website, check out what music's available for sale. And the band that does our intro and outro music is a band called Kinda Alright. Head over to KindaAllRight.BandCamp.com for more music from them. But that's going to do it for this week. Thanks so much for listening, guys. See ya. See ya.